Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Zipping through to the final hour tonight. How about that? Flown right by, hadn't you, k Raj? I know. Feel good about that. Moving this, moving this boat along. Oh, boy. Watch that microphone in here. Watch that first microphone. It's a doozy. This is sad. This is a sad night, Danny. This is the final show I'll be doing here in these studios. Yeah, I got two more Two more when I'm done here. I've uh, had a lot of good times. Yeah, well, I'm not leaving the station. We're just moving. Yeah, but, so you I'm know. Just, no, this, I'm, not, I'm not letting that this, audience this know. This building, you know. Like, probably half of them are like, oh, my God, you're leaving. The other half are like, good, you're gone. I so, remember my, my one of my first favorite memories in this building was... But I was an intern, and I started off with you and, and the great Mike Levine here in this show. You wanted a you wanted a slice of Tony's pizza, I recall. All right. Yeah. So so you know I was a good intern. You know I, I say hey you know I'm gonna I'll go down I'll get you a slice of Tony's pizza. So I drive down to Tony's and I get there, and I'm like well you know I wouldn't mind a slice myself. So then I saw so then I was like a slice for you a slice for Mike and then the guy's like well for this you buy a whole pie. So I'm like you know what dollar two extra I'll buy the pie. So I come back with a full pie. And K-Rods, and K-Rods, you look at me right, you look at me right, I'll never forget this, it was one of the funniest things, you look at me and you go, that's an intern. You send him out for a slice and he comes back with a pie. Telling you, that's the way to be. You got to think about it that way. Don't just buy the slice for $3 when you can buy the whole pie. For nine. Yeah, it's just smarter that way. That's what you got to do. That's why you've survived this long, Danny. That's why you've survived this long. But oh, this is our last week here we're moving to a new location all the stations are going to be together forever and we're gonna have qam and 790 and the fms will all be in the same studio now or the same uh building not in the same studio that'd be kind of tough but uh i have not seen the new building done up i've only seen the building when we had a party there a few years ago, it was an empty building, and there was nothing in it. So now that it's all built up, be able to finally see it uh, next Monday. Well, I have a general idea of where it is, which is really good for me because it's not far from my house. I'm about like 10 minutes away. But like, but like, where exactly is it? Because I know it's on seven, it's like right around 79th Street in Biscayne, right? Um, it's like 95th. Okay. El Portal. I mean, I don't know if I want to give away the, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the directions to everybody. Uh, okay, okay. But in that area, in that general I gotta, area. I got to ask off there. Okay. But uh, so that's where it is. And yeah, so we'll be moving to new studios after all these years. So bye-bye Miami Gardens. It's been fun. And it's, I've spent a long time here because 790 is not far from here. And QAM is, of course, close to Tootsie's. Yes. I've been to, and 790 was by the old Tootsies uh, off um, Ives Dairy and 441 a million years ago. And then that turned into Chili's. I have, I have, I have a few stories about Tootsies that I'm not going to repeat on air involving this station. Okay. That's good. I remember, yeah, I did, yeah, I did some shows there years ago during Super Bowl week. That's all I'll say about that. I didn't do anything wrong. I'm just saying that I, uh, Big place, big place. Yeah, big warehouse. I got my car. I got my car stolen. I got my car broken into once out here. Really? 
Yeah. When? Uh, when I first worked here, I was I was been here for a few months, and I was working a Panther game. And what happened was that I didn't park inside the gate. I parked like kind of outside the gate because I was kind of in a hurry to get here, and I didn't want to like go through the trouble, whatever. I'm, I'm used to parking out there during the day, so I just kind of parked out there. And I came back, and like my gym bag, they broke into my car and they stole my gym bag with my my dirty gym clothes in it. So jokes on them. Is that really stealing when you take something out that's not like you know? Well, I, 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 I liked I liked those those ratty gym clothes. I think they say to you if you if you like dump garbage somewhere that that's considered stealing. It's like reverse stealing, you know. If if you if you put uh, garbage into a dumpster, you're not supposed to. That that that's not when really you're thinking about the environment. And you want to put garbage somewhere. No, that's not your garbage. You can't put garbage in there, even though the garbage is being taken out and taken away by the garbage men somewhere. You ever watch Curb Your Enthusiasm? Of course. Okay. The episode where Larry David and Ted Danson are walking down the street and they're just BSing. And Larry throws an apple that he ate into a guy's garbage can. And the guy wants to basically fight him and saying that that's not your... That's not... That garbage does not belong with my garbage. And Larry says, it's all the same thing. What's the difference? It's just garbage. It's all going to the same place. And he's like, no, take your apple out of my garbage. What's the difference? Like, what does it matter? Yeah, of course there's no difference. I never understood the difference. Well, we have... What they don't want you to do, like, like what they don't want you to do is they don't want you to have, they don't want you to, like, go to, like, the public's parking lot and use their big green garbage thing so that everybody can just use it like it's a mini dump. That's what they don't want. Now, I'll tell you what I used to do, and this is, I mean, nobody's going to track me down, so I don't really care. But at my old apartment that I lived at in Plantation, there was a dumpster there, and you obviously threw out, you know, you could leave your garbage either outside and it would get picked up twice a week, or you threw it into the dumpster. If it really stunk. You know, you want to get out of the apartment. I would just walk it down. I don't. I don't like putting it in the car because it's sm- like I. I would walk it more so than. Uh, Wise man, don't don't put stinky garbage in your yeah, car. It stinks. Or you leave all the windows open and hope that it all gets out. I. Here's the point of the story. So when I moved to my house a few years ago, there were times because we have the blue bags in plantation. I mean, it's, which is silly. You got to buy these bags to then throw them out. You don't have the the bins like you have in other places. So I would go to my old apartment complex and throw the garbage out there and hope that nobody's watching. Like none of the maintenance people or nobody's, you know, driving around and, you know, do you still live here or whatever? Then I look at it, it's garbage. What difference does it make? So it's only the people that live here have rights to that dumpster of all the garbage that smells awful? I don't get it. It's all going to the same spot. It, it, it really is, and it stinks. So what difference does it make? I'm just trying to get it out of the way. Would you rather me leave it on the side of the road? No. Well, if it's an apple, it's not a big deal because, like, the birds will eat it. It's biodegradable. But... You know, like, for instance, we have the blue bags, and you could tie them up. I leave them open. If someone has, like, a small thing to put in there, consolidate. Put it in there. Don't throw all your garbage in there, but if it, you could fit a little bit in that blue bag, because the blue bag is taken away, gets thrown out anyway. Yeah, I mean, like, come on. Like, if you got your garbage out waiting for the garbage man to pick it up the next day, right? Like, you got it out in front of, like, your lawn, for example. You know? Are you going to really get mad at somebody walking by and putting, like, a popsicle thing? What, what do you want them to do? Throw it on the street instead? No. We're just thinking about the environment, and unfortunately, people get bent out of shape about it. So, 
that's that. All right, let's move on since uh, we just have to. And let's mention Russell Westbrook really quick. Nothing's happened. I don't think we've just we don't think we've talked about him tonight. We haven't hit on him in a while. I'm no. surprised. By the way, just uh, before we get to Russell Westbrook, I saw that there is no challenge flag. It's a twirl. You have to twirl your finger. That's what oh, I read online. Okay, okay. So, it's like so a- after a timeout, it's like the uh, the home run signal, I guess. So it's like that signal when like I go like wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> the wrap it up home run single is the all right. We want to review something after. They better be careful. Brian McCann might be watching the basketball game and <sighs> might beat them up. Oh my God, Brian McCann. Seriously, the uh, the governor, lieutenant, captain of the No Fun Squad. Anyway, so Russell Westbrook, will he go to the Heat? Will the Thunder? The Thunder will trade him. That's what it, it looks like. We just don't know which destination he's going to, if it's going to be to Miami, if it's going to be to Detroit, which is a, a name that's been brought up. Uh, also, another team. I think the Rockets are a long shot because they're not going to take back Chris Paul. They don't, the Thunder don't want Chris Paul. So you want to trade Russell Westbrook for Chris Paul? No, I'll take Westbrook. People talk about a hard sell putting Jimmy Butler and Russell Westbrook on the floor together. Can you imagine Westbrook and Harden on the floor together? That'd be interesting. That I mean, would it'd be, be fun to watch. But Chris Paul is not going to a rebuilding Oklahoma City team. Like that's not happening. Even if 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 Westbrook went to the Pistons, you're with Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond, so that's not a terrible start there. If he went to Charlotte, they're in rebuilding mode too. So I don't know if, if he'd go there after Kemba Walker signed with the Celtics. But the idea of Russell Westbrook going to the Heat, I find it very intriguing. I don't see why there are people that would shoot that down. Oh well, look at you're going to break up the core. What core? You're going to break up a 38-win core? Okay. Fine, if you're offended by that. Jimmy Butler, great addition. But then, you know, you're breaking up, bam, and... Uh... I mean, I had a friend of mine who was who was upset about the Josh Richardson trade, like trading for Jimmy Butler. He was like, oh, well, we shouldn't have gotten rid of Josh Richardson. You know, he was our leading scorer last year. And I said, yeah, and we, we barely scraped by for the ace seed. What does that tell you? It's it's ridiculous. Like you know, Josh Richardson was a it wasn't even a great turnaround story. He's just a, a player that you didn't expect much out of, developed into a very good NBA player. He's not an all-star, but he's a very good NBA player that's gonna have a long career. He's gonna last a while in this league. And the Heat had to trade something to get Jimmy Butler. You can't expect to get any sort of player of any worth in this league by giving up nothing. Do you think you're going to get Jimmy Butler trading seven second-round picks over the next 10 years? I mean, come on. you got to give up something. and It's a money thing. With all the money, and I, I get that you know Josh Richardson wasn't making a lot of money, but you still got to make these things even and get rid of contracts. You get rid of Goran Dragic with what he's making and what he's due, and some of these other guys, this is just what it is. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, these teams... See, Golden State, they somehow made it work with everything, but Golden State, remember, they drafted Steph Curry, they drafted Klay Thompson, they drafted Draymond. Like, those guys were brought up through the system, and DeMarcus Cousins came on a one-year deal. 
And then they got Kevin Durant. So, really, they weren't signing big-time free agents. And before Durant, they didn't do that either. They just drafted a bunch of guys, and that was their core, and then they could build around others. And yeah, Steph Curry ended up signing a big deal. And Klay Thompson now signed a big deal this past week with the Warriors. But Kevin Durant signed a a two-year deal? So he wasn't locked up into anything crazy. But I just think that the the idea of Westbrook to play with Jimmy Butler's is intriguing and it's entertaining. And there's no reason to think that those two guys couldn't help the Heat win the division. When you look at the Southeast, by far the weakest division in all of basketball. You know, and I'm not really breaking news here. That Charlotte is taking a step back without Kemba Walker, and they weren't even that great even with him. Washington, Bradley Beal, we'll see if he last John Wall is injured. They don't have much on that team. Atlanta's up and coming. Orlando won the division last year, but really Orlando's nothing special. So the Heat would have two of the best players, if not, I guess, the best two players in the division with Butler and Westbrook. I mean, if you were to say the best players in the division right now, no particular order, it's Jimmy Butler, it's Trey Young, it's Bradley Beal. You throw John Wall in there, but but he you know he's banged up. But there's nobody on Charlotte that you're throwing out there, and really, there's no one on Orlando. Nikolai Vucevic, like I mean, seriously, that's like is that your fourth best player in uh, the division? So there's nothing wrong with bringing in Westbrook and improving your team because right now the Heat are the Heat are average. They're an average team, not only in the Eastern Conference but in the NBA. And if the Heat don't get Russell Westbrook because the Thunder go in a different direction, so be it. That's fine. But when you look at it the other way, you say, we don't want him. How do you not want him? How do you not try to go for him? I just find it nuts. Yeah, he's probably a pain. Yeah, he costs a lot of money, but it's not your money. It's always the other way. Oh, it's going to cost a lot of money. Who cares? You're not spending it. What does it matter? Mickey Harris is the one that's got to pay it, not you. Oh, he's making too much. He won the MVP. He averaged a triple-double. What else do you want from him? He doesn't win. How many championships does James Harden have? How many championships does Chris Paul have? You know, I mean, how many championships do a lot of stars have in the NBA? So, I mean, let's not make it out to be like every one of these stars has a championship. They don't. Kevin Durant had to go to Golden State to win a championship. Texter writes in, someone is paying for that garbage's disposal. You if you dump in that container, you're taking away garbage space. But no, what if it's real garbage? You're talking about oh, you mean it like the disposal? So somebody's paying for you to, to come and like pick up the to pick up the trash and dispose of it. So you're taking away garbage space from the people who 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 pay who who who, who need that. Service. No, no, no. In the dumpster, so it's an extra bag. 
Big deal. I see your point, but it is what it is. Sorry, we cheat every system. I got a text on that, so that was good. I'd just like to answer this other texture. I am not Danny Q. I'm not Cavedo. I'm, I'm Danny Garcia. You're sports. not. You are not. The, I am Danny Garcia, the sports bomber. And for some reason, he wants to see my face. Um, you you can look me up on Twitter if you want. Three hundred five sports bomber. I'm, I mean, I I can't promise you're gonna like it. But you know, why does he want to see your face? I have no clue. It's a little weird. Okay. Actually, but you know, hey, it's on my Twitter. Three hundred five sports bomber. Good. Good. I'm glad he got it out there. So that's uh. Other texter says Miami has the upper hand without giving nothing else than Winslow and expiring contracts. Westbrook wants Miami, and he has a 15% trade kicker that will only be waived for the Heat. OKC has no leverage. Oh, the Thunder are are ready to break it down. The Thunder can't keep him. And if that's for a trade partner being the Heat or being uh, someone else, that's fine. But at the same time, the... uh, the Thunder, when Paul George asked for a trade to go to the Clippers after Kawhi wanted him there, that was it. It was over. It was totally over for the Oklahoma City Thunder. That they were, they're packing their bags. They're finished. And you know what? I just wonder, next year, if Billy Donovan's like, I'm going back to college. I- I've had enough of this. I coach Russell Westbrook. I coach Kevin Durant. I coach Paul George. We went to the Western Conference Finals once. Let me find a good college job because I'm over this now. This 82 games, I've been there, done that. I don't need to be doing this anymore. Anyway, coming up, we will hear from Ira Winderman, if you missed it earlier. My conversation with him uh, from the South Florida Sun Sentinel. He's out in Las Vegas. We'll play that coming up uh, in the final segment of the show. So that is uh, coming up in just a bit. The American League still up on the National League. That one, one nothing, top of the fifth now coming up uh, in Cleveland. So that game moving right along. You know what that means. It's going to extra innings. Take you to 10 right here on 560 WQAM. Radio.com. Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? So we got a cool guest coming up Monday. Come out here the next few nights. Well, I'll be here on Monday. I'm, I'm, I'm on pins and needles. I was going to get him for tonight. He couldn't make it tonight. That's why we didn't have him tonight. This guy's name is Tim Rohan. And you're like, who is that? That's fine. You don't know him. He is a writer for Sports Illustrated. Okay. So he wrote the oral history of blue chips. No. The movie? The well, the oral history of the movie. Okay, twenty five years after its release, and he's going to join us coming up on Monday night. And you know, obviously these um, these oral histories—if you don't know about them—it's just basically 
all of the you know producers, directors, anybody involved, and it's just kind of like a running commentary from their perspectives. They ask a question, and then and then it's like so and so says this, and so whatever. I just want to hit on a few highlights here, really quick, and I mean I'll repeat it again Monday in case you forget. But a producer for the movie said. Uh, Pete Bell, who was the Nick Nolte character. Yes. Okay. That here were some of the actors that were interested in playing Pete Bell. You ready oh, for this? I love these lists. Let's go. Well, I mean, it's, right now there's only three in this one, but Al Pacino, Andy Garcia, and Kurt Russell. You know what? All three are strong. I can't, I'm not going to lie. Especially when you consider Al Pacino's, like, um, the football movie, the the the... Any given Sunday. Any given Sunday. He was good in that. I could see him doing basketball, basketball version of that. Andy Garcia and Kurt Russell are both in that movie. Uh, damn, the movie that took place in Miami. Uh, oh, uh, Blue. The Mean Season. Oh, The Mean Season. Okay. When Kurt Russell was a, was a reporter and the the bad guy was uh, the boss from Secret of My Success. Yes, uh, okay. Did you ever see that movie, The Mean Season? No. Okay, anyway. I saw The Secret of My Success. Great movie. Anyway. So Al Pacino, Andy Garcia, Kurt Russell were interested in that role of Pete Bell. And there were a couple other things here. The director of the movie, Ron Shelton, or excuse me, the writer, he was a writer-producer for the movie. He directed, I believe, White Men Can't Jump. Uh, the first scene that Shaquille was in, remember it was in the bayou? Yeah, that they were they was dunking on the kids. Originally, it was written for the street courts of Compton, and he ended up, before White Men Can't Jump came out, he turned, in a sense, that idea into White Men Can't Jump. Ah, I see. So, 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 so basically, so basically what happened was they wrote, they wrote the scene for Shaq and Compton. Right. And then Shaq's like, no, I'm from Louisiana. I want to do it from, like, from the bayou. So like, all right, we'll do it for Shaq. But then the guy's like, ah, but you know, playing basketball in Compton. Yeah, now my, my 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 creative juices are flowing. So they did White Men Can't Jump and then Blue Chips, which uh which was kind of interesting. It Nick was probably Nol- harder to get the it was probably harder to get the athletes. Nick Nolte was named People's Sexiest Man Alive? At that one did time? happen at one point, yes. Oh, Jesus. That was I believe after the movie The Bridges of Madison County. Oh. Uh. No, 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 no. Bridges of Madison County was was Clint Eastwood. It was uh, the the Princess Mermaid. Wait, 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 hold on. It was with Barbara Streisand. I know yes. what you're talking about. It was um, the Prince of Tides. The Prince of Tides. That there was a is. Christmas movie. That I remember that came out around Christmas time. Yes, close, but yeah. But uh, anyway, I'm gonna go over more of this uh, on Monday's show. Is there any? Is there? I just have to know because my favorite, my favorite, my favorite part in this entire movie. Is is if, of course Ed O'Neill Al Bundy himself as yeah. the sports reporter? Is there some Ed O'Neill information there? You can t- just radio tease me. You don't have to get into it. Um, I'm gonna say yes, but right now no, because okay. it's just it's just so long. But uh, it was just really that was the first time I'd seen Ed O'Neill do anything that he wasn't Al Bundy, and he was just there like, and he was just just to listen to Al Bundy go like, I, Pete Bell bought him. I know he did it. And he's just like, no, not Pete Bell. <laughs> Man, it's um. Because remember, Bundy asked the question where Nick Nolte loses it. Yes, he was he was good in that movie, and this was also when Ed O'Neill, when he 
was done with Married with Children and then really was doing like Little Giants. Really? So he was done with Married with Children when that movie came out? Um, okay, I don't think okay. So. Okay, maybe okay, excuse me, let me step back for a second. Little Giants was, is when he was done. It was at the end or the end, the tail end of it. Okay. It wasn't as popular. So let me So then what what movie came out first? Would Blue Chips come out first or did Dutch come out first? Oh, I think Dutch came out first because Okay, then Dutch would be the first time I saw Because that. Dutch was uh what's his name? Ethan Embry when he was like yes. like a kid. And then no, Ed O'Neill, let's just see. He was on <sighs> Married with Children. Okay, so that that lasted until 97? Really? Oh, yeah. It was a 13-season show, man. Okay. So, okay. So, he was in Dutch and Blue Chips and Little Giants all in between. Okay. Excuse me. I I will take that back. Okay? But then after that, he kind of then faded away until Modern Family, and then he resurrected everything by doing Modern Family. But, um... Anyway. So, there's just a lot here. But, man, you know who is so underrated in that movie? Was J.T. Walsh as the uh, as Happy the uh, booster? Yes, he's always he's always that. Well, guy. he's always good in everything. I know he passed away a while ago, but he he was always like that guy. We owe it to him. You know, you know what's a really underrated movie. Speaking of J.T. Walsh, do you remember the Negotiator with Samuel L. Jackson and Kevin Spacey? I do. You know what? I've never seen it all the way through. I've seen bits and pieces of it. It's a really good movie. It's it's, it's underrated. It's 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 a nineties action movie, but it's underrated. What do you think Blue Chips got uh, Rotten Tomatoes? Oh, man. I, I got to say it. I'm going to say it's 70%. 37%. Really? It was, it's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like it's rotten? See, but I don't, I don't love I, – I've told you this. I don't like the – Is that an audience score or is that a, is that a review score? I got to say it's a review score. That's probably a review score because the audience has had to like that movie. I just don't believe whenever someone says that that uh, oh well I'm gonna I'm going to trust you. I'll watch the movie myself and then I'll make my own determination. Not have a percentage. Well, this movie is not good. So come on, man. Like I'm not gonna do that. No one is ever gonna convince me on that on movie reviews. Well, if you're interested in seeing a movie, whether the movie's reviewed well or not, you're going to see it. I mean, because you have an interest in seeing the movie. Well, yeah, I'm not I mean, gonna. I mean, maybe if you're on the fence about wanting to see the movie or not, and then the reviewers like, "Ah, eh, it's not that good." I mean, maybe that scenario, but not for the most part. Yeah, I, I just can't. Uh, yeah, that, that's not one that I'm like. If, oh well, you know. If that was the case, I would have never had. I've never would have never watched Draft Day. Well, I mean, Draft Day is um, is one of the classics. Draft Day was a movie that looked bad, and probably a lot of people think it's bad, but I'll watch that anytime it's on TV. Love it. I'll watch it anytime. I don't care. Whenever it's on, I will stop and watch Draft Day. It's freaking Costner in a sports movie. It's what else win. do you want? It's the Browns. It's Costner. It's Frank Langella not playing Richard Nixon. Come on. Like, th- this is high level right here. Frank Langella also played Skeletor in Masters of the Universe. Well, also Frank Langella, uh, the only actor ever to play a sports owner in two separate movies for two separate teams. 
And Frank Langella with the very dubious honor of owning the Browns and the Knicks. That is something you don't get ever, where you can own the New York Knicks in one movie in Eddie and then own the Cleveland Browns in another movie in Draft Day. He's also chief. He's also White House chief of staff in another movie. He, and Dave. Dave. A lot of people don't remember Dave. Dave's a great movie. Dave is a very underrated movie with Kevin Klein. That that's uh, yeah. I like the part where Dave, where you know, it's obviously because he's not the president. You know, he's pretending to be the president, but he goes out to throw the first pitch, and like, and like, you know, you expect the president just to lob the ball, right. but I guess Dave, like, they kind of like set it up right in the movies. He's like, oh, you know, he plays baseball, you know, down at the park, so like he tells the catcher to get to get down, and he throws like an actual pitch. I saw, and I know this is like whatever but there was it was a 30 for 30 and not really it was like a 30 for 30 short and it was on George W. Bush when he threw out the opening pitch for 9-11 for the Diamondbacks Yankees World Series and he was a big baseball fan remember he was part owner of the Rangers and all that and I think he had played baseball growing up and he said that he was so nervous he pitched or he was practicing before the game, like off in a batting cage or wherever, because he wanted to deliver a perfect pitch. And he did that, if you remember, he threw it like right down the middle. Yeah, yeah, it was good. But, uh, yeah, you know, you got to go out there. There, Sometimes you just go out there and you throw it. You got to be – that's not easy. It is not easy to go out there and just wing one from 60 feet. So much easier when when you do the ceremonial puck drop. At a Panther game, boom, okay, drop the puck. Or you flip a coin. But to throw the opening uh, opening pitch, not easy at all. That is one that you have to uh, make sure you get it in there because you don't want to embarrass yourself. Well, it's funny. I have a, I have a copy because I, I keep a copy of old football documentaries. And sometimes um, when they're recorded from, direct, from TV directly – you know, you get kind of like the commercial in there. And one of them has Michael Irvin throwing out the pitch, the first pitch at a Texas Ranger game. And you could tell he did not practice this because when he went to, with the wind up to throw the ball, when it got here to like the highest point, the ball like went flying out and off and off towards first base. It's one of the most amazing things ever when you see athletes, like, like world-class athletes, cannot throw out the first pitch. We've seen that with basketball players before. I mean, I know, like, the 50 cents, uh, you know. He, yeah, he but that's th- 50 cents. No, but when, I think it was like John Wall threw out a pitch at an Orioles game, once, and it just was, it, there are guys that, you say, these guys are world-class athletes, and they can't throw a baseball. Like, it just feels weird to me that you would think it'd be such a natural motion, and yet it's not at all. It's in fact the opposite. That just looks so awkward. Well, a baseball throw is a very unique, especially a pitch is a very unique like athletic motion. But even just to throw the ball, I, I don't know. I just, I just always found that kind of odd that you have these, you know, football players or basketball players that just can't throw the ball to home plate. And it's not even about bouncing it; it's about just winging it, totally over the catcher's head or. You know, whatever the case is, but anyway, so all-star game continuing as the uh, 
American League still leading the National League, one nothing bottom of the fifth. Gary Sanchez of the Yankees with a double, and now he's advanced to third base. So the American League trying to get their second run of the night. This game has uh, moved along briskly so far this evening, the way All-Star games should move along. But the uh, baseball season will resume again on Thursday. There's one game Thursday with the Astros-Rangers, then Friday it comes uh, all the way back. The Marlins coming up on Friday. They welcome in the Mets, thank God. Get to see the Mets in town. What about the Mets? The Mets, what a mess they are. So... The New York Mets will be here. We'll see if they throw any chairs or anything happens like that while uh, or upset the media while they are uh, in town coming up in a few days. Anyway, coming up, if you missed Ira Winderman of the South Florida Sun Sentinel, he will you will hear the interview because it's already happened, but you will hear the interview coming up with Ira uh, regarding Russell Westbrook, among other things, as well as Tyler Hero and what he's done so far in Summer League for the Heat. But that conversation is coming up next right here on 560 WQAM. Radio.com. Can you feel the heat down in your soul? Kevin Rogers with you here on 560 WQAM. All-star game coming up in a bit, and no one really cares about it here because the NBA is has steamrolled the headlines. I'm not even talking to NFL either. That just shows you the power of the NBA. Raptors win the championship. Free agency starts. The whole league goes up in flames with all the movement. But is the next move going to be Russell Westbrook going to the Heat? That's the question. And to answer that potentially, or potentially, did I make my word there, Danny? Potentially? I did. I did. Sorry. Ira Winterman of the South Florida Sun Sentinel, live from Las Vegas, joining us here on 560 WQAM. Ira, how are you? I am doing good, and I might have the answer to your question of the day. Oh, you're talking about Arnett Moultrie? No, I'm Oh, that was my question whether, of the day. Whether Russell Westbrook will show up. Although that sounds fascinating, too. I, I, I said that I needed Ira's view on Arnett Moultrie. So I was looking back at first-round picks, and I said, I don't remember this guy. And I said, Ira will. So I thought you would give us a brief synopsis on his career. Yeah, Moultrie was actually part of a trade with the 76ers to acquire a future second-round pick. So when you go through the Heat Media Guide, there's a bunch of guys they drafted who never stepped foot in the Heat, and Arned Moultre uh, would fill that categorization. Okay, good. At least we got that out of the way. Now to Russell Westbrook. <laughs> All right, so what's the latest you've heard with him? I, I think he's coming. I, I, I spoke to someone who's involved in the situation or close to the situation. Might be a better way of saying that. And I was told, yeah. I, I basically had asked someone, am I wasting my time tracking this story? And I was told, no, you are not wasting your, st- your time. And K-Rod, think about it. It seems like every time there's been a heat rumor of, of any subsequence or, or consequence that's lingered this long, 
the Heat have wound up getting the player. It's not a matter of free agency where they're one of six people in the room with Kevin Durant, one of three people in the room with Gordon Hayward, but it seems like, oh, the Heat's going to get Jimmy Butler, the Heat got Jimmy Butler, the Heat's going to make a trade or get this player, the Heat gets that player. Yeah, I, I think we're very much trending in that direction. You know, it's so interesting that the Heat get Jimmy Butler, okay, that's it. The Heat are done with their big moves. And then when Kawhi Leonard decides to go to the Clippers and out of nowhere snatches Paul George away from Oklahoma City, I mean, I'm stating the obvious, but if Kawhi doesn't do all of this, then Russell Westbrook's not on the block, right? I mean, this feels like the Thunder now are totally breaking it down. Well, I mean, think about how long this has been going on. Think about that at one point, the Thunder at Harden and Durant and Westbrook at Ibaka, and it literally is where the last superstar, you know, closed the door on the way out. It's just been trending this way, and we could say all we want about how small markets can still thrive and look at places like San Antonio and teams can keep people together, but they can't. And it's sort of showing again in this case. I mean, think about what the Oklahoma City Thunder had in Harden and Durant and Westbrook and Ibaka over the years and some other players who subbed out for them like Victor Oladipo. It just shows it's hard to keep it together. It's hard to sustain. And I think us in South Florida who got spoiled by the four years of the big three might start to realize that there's an expiration date on all of this and enjoy it while you can. What I also find interesting, too, I thought about this, Ira, and correct me if I'm wrong, that Durant drafted by the Sonics, then moved to Oklahoma City. Westbrook drafted by the Thunder. Harden drafted by the Thunder. Paul George traded to the Thunder. No one's signing with the Thunder willingly as a free agent. Everyone just gets there because of either a trade or draft. Yeah, but then, K-Rush, think about this. Russell Westbrook did re-sign. Paul George did re-sign, so they've done a good job in those moments, and then it sort of gets stale for players, and I think what this all has shown, that Paul George can re-sign and one year later be gone, and Russell Westbrook can add this massive extension that has four years to go and force a trade. I don't want to say the contracts aren't worth the paper they're written on, but if you get a little bit snitty... It seems like you can get out of any situation these days in a league where the players completely are in control. Ira Winterman of the South Florida Sun Sentinel joining us live from Las Vegas. We'll get to some summer league stuff with him in just a moment. Do you think this can work if they may? Um, okay, if they could make all of the money work, Andy Ellisberg works his magic. I'm saying, do you think this could work with Russell Westbrook and Jimmy Butler? Well, let's see. I could be the negative Nancy and say no. I could go with the party line that Pat Riley knows more basketball than I could offer if I did the whole show with you tonight. But all of that said, K-Raj, I have real doubts. Um, you, can, you can load up with all the stars you want. You remember when the Lakers tried to do that with Gary Payton and Carl Malone, and it was just an abject disaster. I do not understand this, and I spoke to NBA executives today at Summer League. When you have two players who are really bad three-point shooters to a degree in Jimmy Butler and Russell Westbrook, and if you're going to put someone, if he stays like a Bam Adebayo on the floor, I don't see how you space the floor. I don't see how a guy like Justice Winslow, who also likes the ball in his hands, can stay on this roster. So I have questions, unless you want to come to me from the other angle and say, but yeah, this is a league of stars. Just get the stars and figure it out, because look what happened to year two of the big three. When Dwayne Wade got off the ball, became a cutter, gave the ball to LeBron, when Chris Bosh agreed to be a center. So I guess there's always a workaround as well. 
Because that, yes, exactly. That, you know, the superstars, that that attracts the fans, that Jimmy Butler and a bunch of other guys isn't getting people excited. Russell Westbrook maybe gets people excited. I know he's inefficient shooting the ball and, and people say his stats are bloated. But at the same time, what is this team with Jimmy Butler and a bunch of other guys, Ira? I feel like they're a 38-win team. Well, I'm going to go a little higher than that, K-Rise, just because, again, the East has stepped back a little with Kawhi leaving, with Boston losing Harford and Kyrie to different teams. So I, I might step up that win total to closer to 500 or a little over. But what I'm really curious about, and again, I asked the same NBA people this today, I said, assuming the Heat trade out the contracts of Dragic and, let's say, Myers-Leonard to meet the money and give up a young prospect, let's for argument say Justice Winslow, what does a lineup of Bam Adebayo, Kelly Olynyk, um, Jimmy Butler, Russell Westbrook, eh, Tyler Hero get you? And I'm not so sure it gets you above sixth in the East either, even with both of those guys there. Milwaukee has a far more complete team, even after losing Malcolm Brogdon. Philadelphia has a lot of pieces, but you know what? The Embiid and Simmons thing works well enough that even when you lose a J.J. Redick, if you're going to keep Tobias Harris and add an Al Horford, you're still going to be pretty good. Brooklyn has some good young players, even without Durant and Kyrie Irving going in there. Indiana is getting Victor Oladipo back by midseason. I don't know if Toronto capitulates or not. I'm curious about that also. So I think you're honestly probably playing for sixth place, even if you get both of those players, sort of like Westbrook was in the Western Conference. Are the Heat the best team in the Southeast if they get Russell Westbrook? <laughs> yes, and you know what? You can win the Southeast Division and I'll make the playoffs. So what does that mean, K-Rodge? Really? Yeah, you can win your division and not make the playoffs. The team with the eight best records in the conference make the playoffs. And if a team at the top of the Southeast is 500 and there's eight teams better, you get a lovely banner, you know, with very fancy embroidery. But that's all. You don't get a playoff berth. When did that change? A few years back when they just went to top eight records, when there wasn't a special seating for conference champions, for division champions, the only reason division championships matter is in a tiebreaker. It supersedes the other tiebreakers beyond head-to-head. So if teams are tied and they finish with the same record, if one is a division champion, it's basically you're playing for tiebreaker number three. Well, I do agree that if you finish at, let's just say, 39 and 43 and you win your right. division you should not get in if there are eight teams better than you and i gotta tell you k Raj also i agree charlotte completely starting over losing kemba getting rosier i agree with you that orlando is very meh i know they brought back vucevic and terrence ross but what are they really washington basically john wall may be out for the season or half the season they might blow that up also you know what the atlanta hawks If the kids grow up on any level between the last two drafts they had, I think they're a team that can contend for a playoff spot and contend for 500, might even push the heat. My final thing on Russell Westbrook before I move on to other things, that I guess, A, do you think he gets traded? And B, what would be the best option for the Thunder to trade Russell Westbrook to get the most in return? Okay, do I think he gets traded? Yes, 100% Russell Westbrook gets traded because I've seen an emotional Russell Westbrook with fans. I've seen an emotional Russell Westbrook with media. And I don't want an emotional Russell Westbrook showing up for the next 82 games in my locker room. So, yes, that gets done. Whether it's later or sooner, I can't tell you. Here's the rub. What do you do when a player says he wants to go to one place, but you have a fiduciary responsibility to your organization to maximize a trade However, 
if you send him somewhere where he clearly says he doesn't want to go, how is your franchise looked at going forward, like you mentioned, when you try to get and keep free agents? So I think if they can get a package of draft picks from Detroit or maybe even Chicago or New York, I think they should strongly consider that. If they want to show that behind Sam Presti and the familial approach in Oklahoma City, they'll do right by their players, like you've seen when, when Kawhi leaves Toronto and the team and, the, and the, the prime minister, the premier in Canada, wishes him the best of luck, you try to do it that way. I think the Thunder might get painted into a corner where they might have to take the heat deal just to say thank you, Russell Westbrook, for 11 years of loyalty. We wish you the best. Now, looking at the Summer League, and the Heat beat the Magic today, 96-92. You were there in Vegas. Uh, what have been your impressions so far on Tyler Hero? He scored 25 and hit some key free throws late. The kid's terrific, and I think this will translate to the regular season because I think he just has an it factor. He, I know he has a different game, but it reminds me of Jason Williams, the way he dominates the ball, can play the ball, gets an exuberance of getting a rebound or a pass or making a play. He's just a guy who plays with basketball joy. And when you are skilled and have basketball joy, usually good things happen. Not as a number one guy. Jason Williams, White Chocolate, wasn't an alpha, but he'll help you. That's impression number one. Impression number two, and this is where I have to step back. Kendrick Nunn has been a thing in Summer League, the player that he signed on the final day of the season. He can get buckets. So if you're going to wind up losing a Deion Waiters eventually or making some moves, I like him also, and I like what Duncan Robinson can do from the three. So you know what? If you can cultivate a couple of players beyond your draft choice, you've had a great summer league, far more important than the Heat 6-0 and record in summer league. Have you seen this guy, uh, Taco Fall, from UCF, who's with the Celtics? Have you seen him play at all? I have, and I just don't know if that translates for any appreciable time. And for as fun as he's been out here, I think he takes you completely out of your game when you run your offense because why try to do anything except throw a lob to the seven foot nine guy and have him just reach up in his tippy toes and put it in the basket. But I just don't think he has the lateral movement. I don't think he can stay out of foul trouble. And because he's such an awful free throw shooter, I don't think he could do much for you. You know who reminds me of K Raj? I think he could be a Boban like guy. I mean, you followed Boban in his various stops, including Detroit and Philly with the Clippers. I think he's the kind of occasional change of pace you throw in there, and for five or ten minutes a night, it throws the other team out of sync, sort of like when you go to his own defense. So I think he's a useful 14th man. Who is the best player you've seen so far in the summer league? Oh, I think Lonnie Walker from uh, the University of Miami. I uh, drafted last year by the Spurs in the first round, was injured, spent most of the time with their G League affiliate. I think his time is coming. I think between DeJounte Murray and himself and San Antonio realizing they could lose DeMar DeRozan in a year, I think this could be his breakout year. He has looked very good. Ira Winderman, South Florida Sun Sentinel. Always great information. He's out in Las Vegas for the Summer League. The Heat win today against the Magic. We'll see if that translates into a championship. Probably not. But uh, we'll also keep an eye on Russell Westbrook. Thank you so much, Ira. I'll be on next week with you with Russell Westbrook. Thanks, k Ryan. Thank you so much. Hopefully, Russell Westbrook will be here. We'll see. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.